welcome back to another episode. This episode features Caitlin from Mackay, a small town in Queensland, Australia, who will be sharing the pregnancy and birth story of her daughter, Sunny. Caitlin actually ended up going into preterm labor in her 28th week of pregnancy due to a short cervix. And uh, she shares what happened from there and everything that was involved in, in trying to prevent the baby from coming that early. She also talks about her struggles with postpartum anxiety after having her daughter. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to welcome another guest from Queensland. Um, let's have you share a little bit about yourself and your life over there. Okay, my name is Caitlin and I have a 17-month-old daughter called Sunny. We live in a mining town called Mackay in central Queensland. Um, My husband works week on, week off, so he's away half the time. And yeah, we have a lovely little life up here. That's great. Uh, So how, how was the road to getting pregnant with your daughter? Um, so my husband and I, um, we had been together for quite a long time before we got married and <laughs> we decided that after we got married, we would start trying for a baby. And then every month that it would come around to ovulation, we kind of backed out and didn't think we were quite ready. We would think that, you know, let's save a little bit more money or maybe go on this trip somewhere else. So we kept kind of putting it off. Um, until in March, the March before we fell pregnant, my mum had quite a severe stroke and um, we nearly lost my mum. So it was just a really hard time for us. And after it kind of calmed down after the stroke, we just kind of thought we really need to throw ourselves into this and start our family. It's the most important thing. And so we did and we fell pregnant straight away. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so we're really lucky and it, it probably happened very close to my mum having the stroke and there was still a little bit of chaos going on and maybe a little bit too early, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, you know, it was perfect. Um, do you want to tell us what happened when you found out and, and how you guys felt and what you did? Yeah, so um, we had just tried um, a couple of weeks prior and so I didn't think I would be pregnant, but I was getting some strong cravings to drink wine and I'm not a huge wine drinker. And I said to my husband, it was actually Mother's Day, let's go out and um, have some wines and celebrate Mother's Day. (laughs) And he said, you need to have a pregnancy test first. And I did (laughs) and I was pregnant. Wow. (laughs) So (laughs) <laughs> yeah, found out on Mother's Day 2019. Oh, that's nice. So I didn't get wine. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and how did the pregnancy go for you? So my first 12 weeks of my pregnancy, I was quite sick. I had um, a fair bit of morning sickness, but at the same time, I was just so excited and so grateful to be pregnant. Um, straight away I had booked in to go through the birth center in Mackay. So I was really excited by that. And I was, um, given a really beautiful midwife who I just bonded with instantly. So that was really good. So we went on, my morning sickness went away around 17 weeks, which was nice. And I just really got into the the nesting and planning the nursery and I even had my hospital bags packed at 20 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I had (laughs) bought absolutely everything we needed. I was so ahead of myself, but just it was just great. Um, During all of this as well, 
um, I was dealing with other emotions as well because my mum had just had the stroke and was still in hospital. So it was hard not having her around during this time, but it was a, it was a positive from that year. Um, so I had planned to have my baby shower at around 27 weeks because, again, just doing everything super early, nice mm-hmm. and organised. Um, and just before my baby shower, I had had my glucose tolerance test and it came back that I had gestational diabetes, which was pretty disappointing. Um, but I felt like I could try to manage it with my food. Um, so instantly had changed my whole lifestyle. Um, cut out the kilo of Milo I was eating every week. <laughs> um, so I found out that I had gestational diabetes and I was just managing that. So after my baby shower, around 28 weeks, I started getting this stabbing pain in my pelvis. It felt like maybe in my, cerv- in my cervix or quite down low. And it was just coming and it was bad enough to just stop me in my tracks and make me want to scream really. So I started to just worry a bit about that. And with the gestational diabetes, I thought something was wrong with the baby. Um, So I called my midwife and she arranged for me to have a scan the following week just to check up that everything was okay. Um, And she, yeah, so she had the scan organized for the following week and it just kept happening every time I would sit down or, or walking. And I just started to worry and think that I need to see someone straight away. So she moved my scan forward till the following day. Um, the following day, my husband had just gotten home from his seven weeks away. He had just come off night shift, so he was very tired and had mm-hmm. not slept overnight. And we were due to go for the scan, so he agreed to stay awake. So we went to the Mackay Base Hospital um, in for the scan, and, and I did think that everything would be fine. And during the scan, we had the the regular lady that does it and one of the registrar doctors who was just sitting in for the scan because he was learning that process, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started doing the scan and then they just stopped and looked at each other and did a little bit of whispering and just said that I need to head straight to the day assessment immediately. So I started oh, to gosh. panic, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. It was re- yeah, it was. We just really freaked out. I um, just thought there was something wrong with the baby, and I asked her. I said, "Is the baby okay?" And she said, "The baby is okay, but you need to go there and just don't stop on the way. Just just go straight there now. They're waiting for you." So my husband and I started the very very long walk to <laughs> day assessment, mm-hmm. and I just burst into tears. I was so nervous. I just felt that something was wrong at that moment. Um, so we arrived there, and there was a I believe the head doctor was waiting for me um, and she told me that my cervical length was five millimetres and that it was not meant to be that little, that short, Mm. Um, and that they needed to call a doctor at a different hospital and ask his advice. So they called up Townsville Hospital, which is probably five hours drive from where we live, and spoke to the head of the maternal fetal medicine. Mm Mm-hmm. And he asked them to do a fetal fibronectin test, which I believe it tests to see how soon you are likely to give birth. And mine came back very, very positive. Oh. So they, my results told them that I would give birth probably in the next 48 hours or, or something 
like that. And so they explained that to me and told me that I would need to be airlifted with Royal Flying Doctors. Um, oh, sorry, I get a bit emotional. No, that's okay. Um, to Townsville Hospital. And um, so obviously I freaked out and started crying. I was very upset and tried to call my midwife, but she happened to be away at the time from the birth centre. Mm. Um, which was the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so they, yeah, wanted to start me on some medication to stop any contractions because they thought that the pain that I was getting might have been some contractions and start steroids for Bub to be born. So that was really awful. And then they said that my husband obviously couldn't fly with me and I couldn't leave the hospital. So he would have to go home and, and pack and, and drive to Townsville. And <laughs> he had not slept since. Oh my goodness. No, very long time, yeah. very long time prior. Um, so yeah, they put me in the birthing suite um with my husband to organize what he would need to pack. <laughs> and yeah, we came up with a plan that he would go home and go to sleep for five hours, pack a bag and leave at midnight to get to Townsville and hopefully before our baby would come and, and be there with me. Um so he went home to organize our dog and our chickens and <laughs> everything and um pack my bag and to head to Townsville. So I stayed in hospital um, and they couldn't get me on a flight until midnight. Um, so I was just waiting in hospital and I called my work to let them know I probably wouldn't be coming back um, to work. And my beautiful boss at the time actually came and sat with me until the plane got there and Aww. she was just so lovely. Yeah, left That's work. So and nice. It really was. She had three little kids herself and she came and stayed with me the whole time, which I'm forever grateful for, not having any family in Mackay or anything. So that was really lovely. Um, so, yeah, I felt like the doctors in Mackay, like I just wasn't getting many answers. I just wanted to ask a lot of questions, but I felt like they just wanted to, to get rid of me to Townsville because um, this hospital is not equipped for a baby of that gestation. Um, so I just felt really not like very overwhelmed, not really knowing what was happening. And so, yeah, I got on the plane and had an amazing nurse on the plane and the pilot was beautiful because I'm very scared of flying. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we got up in the air and those pains started again for me, the stabbing pains, and they started happening every 30 seconds and they were really strong. Um, and the nurse on the plane thought that I was having contractions in the air, which is quite traumatic, thinking I was going to give birth on the plane, yeah. <laughs> this tiny, tiny plane with a man <laughs> from ICU just <laughs> down the front. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we, I got to Mackay and my blood sugar had gone just so bad. It was so incredibly high because of the steroids um, and Mackay hadn't, I guess, taken that into consideration when they – because apparently steroids make your sugars go really high. So they had to start me on an insulin infusion as soon as I got there. Um, yeah, so Mackay was in hospital and my husband arrived at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Poor thing. So this and this this was in Mackay or in Towns in Townsville now. Townsville, so he's okay. arrived. I've arrived Townsville. Yeah. Um, and waiting for him, and he arrived the next morning at five a.m. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he came, and then we had the maternal fetal medicine doctor come and see us the next morning to chat to us, and he was just absolutely incredible. I just couldn't fault this man. He just oh, such a beautiful man. Forever grateful for him. He came very, this soft-spoken man with an entourage of five doctors to chat to me about um, 
my daughter and everything and what he expected. And he was quite frank and he said that he expects me to give birth before the end of the week, that they will continue to stop my labour progressing, what they thought was my labour progressing um, until I get the second shot of steroids for baby. And then they're going to let the baby come because she was of good size and he felt that she would be okay around 30, 30 weeks gestation. Um, so he arranged for the NICU doctors and everyone to come and see me and we got a tour of the NICU and explained um, what would happen when she was born and the exact process of everything. And I was put on bed rest to wait. So I was in hospital. My husband was staying over the road at the Ronald McDonald House, mm-hmm. um, which is a charity that um, cares for families of sick children and they get free accommodation and it's just the most amazing service. So lovely. Yeah. And my husband was able to stay there and come visit me every minute he could and then have somewhere close by to be. Um, so, yeah. So, then we got to 30. So, this was obviously, you know, quite stressful. Um, we got to 31 weeks and baby hadn't come and the doctor came back and he just said, I have no idea why your baby has not come yet. Um, you know, your cervix is, is so short. We don't often see this. Um, we just will keep waiting. And so, we got to 31 and a half weeks, still no baby. And so, the doctor said I could go and stay at the Ronald McDonald house for a couple of um, nights. So, I went over there on bed rest. My husband had me in the wheelchair and we actually had a, a really beautiful time getting a, it was quite a beautiful bonding experience, just not being able to do anything and read books and play Scrabble for yeah. four weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so I was in and out of hospital um, then, just sometimes I would get those pains really bad and the small contractions, so they'd put me back in hospital. Um, and then I got to 34 weeks, and at 34 weeks, Mackay is quite comfortable to take a baby of that gestation. So I was given the option to head home. Uh, so at that point, I wanted to stay in Mackay because I just felt really comfortable with them. I just felt that I needed to be there. Um mm-hmm. But my husband did need to get back to work and, you know, our pets were away from home. And so we really thought about it. So I reached out to my birth centre midwife because at this point I was on insulin at night time for my diabetes. Um, and so that I would take me out of the birth centre program even if I was to make gestation. And she actually went and advocated for me and asked if she could still be my midwife in the hospital to deliver babe for me. So knowing that, it just made me so confident to go home, knowing I had her by my side to deliver my baby. So we made the decision to pack up and go. Um, so we had our last scan in Townsville and he recommended that we fly home because if baby came, he said that he thought it would be quite quick, but we decided to drive the five hours home at four o'clock in the afternoon, just crossing our fingers, but we made it home (laughs) and we got back to Mackay and my husband went back to his work week on week off and I just laid as still as I could to keep baby in as long as we could. And we got to 36 weeks and we were thinking, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. Why have I not had this child? By this time, I was quite ready for her to come out. So I decided to take myself off bed rest. I just couldn't do it any longer. Um, And she still didn't want to come out at all. We got to 37 and six days and I started to get some pains again and feel like I couldn't go to the toilet properly. So I asked my midwife for a scan. I just felt that something was up and it showed that my um, I had hardly any amniotic fluid. So she straight away she said, oh, "I think you need to go to day assessment." And I said, <laughs> "You need to tell me why." Yeah. She 
she was lovely and told me and I went um, and the doctors were this, you know, I think it was just a stressful day for me initially because the care from Mackay Hospital was beautiful from this point and they were lovely and they said that they were going to induce me that day and um, yeah, so I sent my husband home to get my bags and said I wanted to wait for my waters to be broken until he got back um, and my um, called my birth centre midwife and she said she'd come in once um, labour had established. So I had a different birth centre midwife come across to break my waters. Um, yeah, so my birth, yeah, Darcy came back and they broke my waters and the doctor said I could have an hour. I think it was an hour to see if it would start naturally without the syntocin drip. Mm-hmm. So put my music on and, you know, I know that, you know, you can't plan how birth goes, but it was really important to me that I could try my hardest to take my power back. There was so much intervention um, during my pregnancy that I just really wanted a particular type of birth. Um, so I went there and I just, you know, I just was trying to calm myself and I, I felt really excited and, and uh, labour didn't start from my waters being broken. So they started the syntocin drip. Um, I just remember being hooked up to the Suntosin trip drip and not feeling ever, anything at all and saying to my husband, oh, I've got this, this is a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. And I was swaying around going, oh, this is easy. Like I'm not even nervous. And I remember I got my first little contraction and I remember just instantly just a little bit of fear came over me and I thought, mm, I'm not sure if I've got this, but I said, you know, I've got this, I can do that again. And the second contraction I got was just boom. I just cannot explain it. It floored me. And I just started like screaming, saying, no, I don't think I've got this. Like, not not doing that one again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in 45 minutes, I went to, I think it was about 45 minutes, I went to um, transition. So (laughs) I just dilated like mad. So my midwife was called very quickly and she came walking in angel she is and with a big smile on her face and I just knew straight away it would all be fine yeah and she came in and said I was 10 centimeters dilated and I wanted to start pushing straight away um in hindsight I don't think I was ready to push I think I just wanted the baby out yeah because I ended up going on and pushing for a very long time okay um but yeah I just yeah so she came in and we pretty much started pushing for babe and, yeah, I had really consistent contractions, I think, every 30 to 45 seconds. Um, and, yeah, I think it was about an hour and a half and then babe was out and we were done. Wow. So it was a very, very quick birth. And um, you didn't have any um, pain medication or anything? No, I had no. nothing. Um, and, you know, that was my goal. I remember before the birth my husband actually said to me, he said that he didn't think my pain threshold was very good and I really didn't like that <laughs> comment that he had made. Yeah. Um, so I was on a bit of a mission, to be honest, to show him that, hang on, mate, <laughs> I've got yeah. a good pain threshold. Yeah. But, look, had my um, labour been any longer, <laughs> I'm sure I would have probably asked for something. <laughs> for sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So what was it like right after, right after she was born? So it was just the most, I had been visualizing this moment for honestly years, just the moment that my baby would 
be delivered and handed to me. And I just remember my husband was able to catch her and pass her to me. And I just remember sobbing and yelling, give me my baby. And it was just the most beautiful moment. And she hit my stomach and she did the slow birth crawl up to my breast and she latched on straight away. And it was just honestly, just, it was like the whole in that moment, everything from my pregnancy had just been healed. Mm-hmm. It was just the most iconic. It was just incredible. Um, yeah, so we got about an hour together. Um, being the public hospital, my husband did have to go home quite soon after, which was a bit disappointing. I felt like it was such a quick experience that before I knew it, he was gone and I was just alone in a room with a baby. Um, so that was quite overwhelming. So he went home, I think, 9.30, um, 10.30 that night and came back first thing the next morning. And then we went home the next day with her. So she was born at 37 and 6 days, so okay. almost 38 weeks. Um, yeah, and so she had all her sugar tests, obviously, because I was diabetic and she mm. passed them perfectly, which was really good. Great. Yeah. Good. So then you got home and how yeah. was postpartum for you? So postpartum initially, I got the baby blues really bad. I remember being hit. I couldn't sleep for like, even when baby would, I couldn't sleep for the first three days. I just felt like I was so wired. Um, And I just, even if she slept for three hours during the day for a nap, I just could not sleep. And so it started to stress me out and I thought that I would never sleep again. Um, and then I got hit with the baby blues really, really hard. And I just cried for a whole week straight and I just didn't know what over. And no one kind of had warned me about that. And mm-hmm. I thought that I instantly had gotten postnatal depression. So I called my midwife and my midwife explained to me that, you know, it was normal and that this is okay for now. It's just if it doesn't go away. And, and thankfully it did go away and postpartum was really, really good. You know, I was typically you know, we were going through a pandemic, so I was a bit anxious about anyone touching or holding my baby. Um, our family lives far away and they have to catch a plane. And I was very nervous about people flying in and bringing COVID. So that was quite a nerve wracking time for me trying to manage that. And yeah, it was really good. And then I got to about six months postpartum and everything slowed down and baby was sleeping well through the night and napping and All of a sudden, I felt like everything caught up to me, like my mum's stroke, my pregnancy, just a whole bunch of things hit me and I started to really struggle with some postnatal anxiety. It got quite bad. Um, So I started seeing a psychologist and really talking to my husband about it because it, it really floored me for a while. I didn't want anyone to hold my baby or... I felt nervous going in group settings that she would get sick or that I would get sick. It, yeah, became quite a lot. And that lasted for about six months quite intensely. And then things started to calm for me a bit. And now we're 17 months postpartum and I feel so much better. Good. Yeah, I feel heaps better and more myself and don't have all that worry and things now, which is really good. And did you find was, just talking to the psychologist was was what helped you kind of get out of that? Yeah, I think it definitely helps. And I think being honest, this I, I felt like there was an expectation that to be a good mom, I wasn't allowed to be anxious. So mm. I kept a lot of it in um, from people because I didn't want people to think that I wasn't grateful 
or that I wasn't doing a good job because I was I was doing a great job. I was, you know, I was I'm I know I'm a good mum, but mm-hmm. I'm an anxious mum. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. And I think the realization that hang on, I'm actually allowed to be anxious and tell people that. Mm-hmm. And that was really healing because a lot of other mums came out and told me how anxious they were. And it made me feel not so alone. Mm-hmm. Because giving birth during a pandemic isn't easy. No. <laughs> it's, it, It's not easy at the best of times, but giving birth in that scenario is quite stressful. (laughs) Yeah, that was a wild ride for sure. So, um, so things got better after six months and it's been great ever since. Yeah, things have been really good. I feel really happy. I've got this really bright, clever girl who keeps me on my toes Mm -hmm. and really supportive husband. And I honestly couldn't ask for much more. Good. Uh, so I mean, obviously, your story was a little bit different with labor starting earlier, but, um, you know, when you were first pregnant, what were your fears about birth? Did you have something that you were nervous about? Yeah, look, I I had like probably, I don't know if they're unrealistic, but I was probably petrified of the worst. I was really worried that I would would die giving birth. It was a oh. real fear of mine that something would happen to me. Um, it became something that really frightened me but over time and the closer I got it just started to disappear and I started to kind of feel strength and power like I could do it and trust in my body but initially that was a real fear of mine um and what were you most excited for about birth to get my daughter passed to me and have that moment and yeah see her and hold her yeah, sometimes I don't even know why I asked that question because I'm pretty sure like it's the same for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know, but then I'm like, well, maybe sometimes people are looking forward to seeing what pushing feels like, but <laughs> I, that wasn't you know me. What? I was really, really excited about having some rocky road after my gestational diabetes yeah. went away. Fair, see, that. yeah, that's good, that's good. Um, and so, what is one piece of advice that you would give a first-time parent who's headed toward their birth? Um, I would probably say um, be as prepared as you can, but don't be set on a certain outcome because you you don't know and you can't control how things turn out. Um, Yeah, that would probably be my advice. Good. And um, what did you expect was going to be the most difficult part about postpartum versus what actually turned out to be the the most difficult part? So I feel like for me, what I expected to be the worst was probably the worst. And it was I was worried about. being anxious and Mm. having a bit of postnatal anxiety, being someone who has had anxiety in the past, that was probably my biggest fear. And it, it, yeah, (laughs) that's what happened. So, but uh, did you, did you find it difficult to open up and and reach out and let somebody know that you were having these troubles or, you know, Um, how how did you take those first steps? Um, just telling my husband, I actually initially, because he just thought I was doing such a great job. He was away at work. He thought I was handling it so well. And and I wasn't really speaking about what was going on. And I actually wrote him an email <laughs> and I just outlined exactly how I was feeling and told him that I needed his support. And he just honestly showed up more than I could have ever oh. hoped for. Amazing. Yeah. Good. Was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, that was great. That was a that was a definitely a, a wild ride. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story all <laughs> the way from over me. there. 